0: Hey there, welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. It's Captain Jeff and Lamont Jones, and we're pretty fired up today because it's almost 4th of July. And being 4th of July, it only means one thing. Jaws. That's right. That's when it all went down. It was all about the big 4th of July weekend. It was a big influence on the holiday. And it's been a big influence on a lot of the fishermen out there that I know, especially my age. I'd say what, Jaws has to be the number one movie Ever talked about in modern day history. Yep. And considering that movie's 40 years, how many years old? 42? 42 42 or 43? And people are still talking about Jaws. So we decided we were going to do a two-part series. We're going to talk about the Jaws and the Fisherman and Jaws today. Because we know that a lot of you guys, when you're out there fishing, especially when it's slow, you guys get into these dumb conversations. So we decided we're going to put it on the podcast. Now we recently got accepted to the Waypoint TV platform. Lamont, I'm not so sure I'm not so sure that the people on this platform are used to hearing podcasts the way we're doing them anyway. Well, I've only just started poking around
1: Waypoint and looking at the uh, the other um, guys and shows that are on there. So Waypoint's probably in for a little bit of an awakening once we start consistently uploading to their platform. What do you mean an awakening? Well, I see the, you know there's some hunting stuff and there's some fishing stuff and we kind of take our own approach to those things. It's not going to be a lot of how-to here or uh, travel log stuff. It's more opinion-based, and we kind of go outside, you know, to use the phrase, go outside the envelope on the content that we produce.
0: So you don't think anybody else is going to do a Jaws thing this Fourth of July? No, they'll do one next year
1: after they heard ours. Then everyone will start doing one.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't don't know if these guys are even ready for the two-part series. Right. Because you really got to settle in for the second part. And um, I was talking to the worm about it, and I was talking to a few other people about it, and they think it's a good idea. And they think people are going to do it, and we're going to get into um, what Lamont and I did to uh, celebrate Jaws and how you guys can participate and have fun with us. I think you guys are going to dig it, but um, I don't know. Like when I can't tell you how many times Lamont and I have actually got into full-fledged arguments about the characters in Jaws. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I always thought Quint was some sort of badass. That's a mistake the young people fall into. So what, you think that as years go by and you learn, you get more wisdom? Well, when you're
1: young, you look at Quentin, you're like, oh, wow, he's so grizzled. He's got shark jaws all over the walls of his house or his workshop or whatever that thing is. But then when you mature and you grow up, you're like, um,
0: Quentin's a loser. (laughs) What do you mean? Total loser. He had everybody like totally, totally shook down. In Amityville Is it Amity or no, Amityville
1: it's, it's just straight Amity Amity Yeah Amityville was, It's confusing Because that book came out Around the same time The Amityville Horror Right So it confu- It was confusing But it's Amity, New York 1975 And I mean look at the shape That Quint is in The inside of his house Or whatever that boathouse thing he has Is all that unfinished wood And he basically sells shark jaws For a living
0: Right, he's not like the big charter captain, the guy that's got all the world records. Homeboy's doing shark jaws and shine, and shine. Is that moonshine he's making
1: in he's there? He's making his own hooch. He's making his own firewater, and captaining
0: or guiding. No, that's time. that's captaining. That's captaining. Right, when you're taking people out on the orca, you know that's you're the captain. You're supposed to have a mate. And it's a little different than guiding. Well, early on, like, you know, I'm sure most
1: people that are listening to this thing are probably going to watch Jaws a couple times between now and the 4th of July or after. And the early scenes when, the, you know, the city council is up there and they're having the big meeting about whether to close the beaches or whatever. Look who Quint shows up with.
0: Like the people he hangs around? His boy, like his mate or
1: whatever is even more of a busted down valise case than he is
0: (laughs) he looks like a little troll rolling around city hall right
1: you compare that to wherever to say like you know the palm beach selfish club or monty's or any of the places that we have down here and those guys would look like complete doofuses that flies down in the keys you think that they could look that way down in the keys you can, you can get by selling shark jaws in the Keys and with ratted up clothing and looking like you haven't shaved in four days and all that stuff.
0: <laughs> but that's not happening in Palm Beach or Ocean nope.
1: Reef. Or Fort Lauderdale or Ocean Reef or Monty's or, you know, any of the big marinas.
0: So Quentin, he couldn't even get a drink down there at the Lauderdale Yacht Club. Like they wouldn't even serve him. Then they call the cops. They see him coming through the gates. <laughs> They'd ask him, what are you, the landscaper or something? Like what's, what, what, what do you need? And he wouldn't be talking down to nobody down there at the Lauderdale Lauderdale Yacht Club like he was talking down people in Amity.
1: If you know, without spoilers, you know, if you haven't seen the movies or whatever, I'm going to give you a chance here because we're going to reveal a couple of spoilers. But in part two, now it's just, it's all on Brody's shoulders. There wasn't a real guy that stepped up in Quint's place. There wasn't another real
0: guy in Amity that could fill Quint's shoes.
1: Not one. It became Brody. Part one, he couldn't even drive the boat. He sat in his car on the ferry, all that other stuff. And then in part two, you know, they start having problems again. The deputy, he can drive the boat, barely. Barely. But, you know, the kids are out there. They're lost on those sailboats. And you would think like a normal place like Fort Lauderdale, if that happened, man, you'd have a a dozen sport fish flying out of the inlet going to get those kids. Right here it's Brody again (laughs) who a year previously
0: you know sat in his car on the ferry well I don't know they go out there and Quentin immediately impresses me and I'll tell you why is because he has the same exact combo that my old man used when we started bluefin fishing in like 1975 that old brown Fenwick rod with the giant senator on there and uh the straps and everything to strap himself in and as i'm thinking that brody's really set up you know to kick some serious ass he's gonna get the shark you're looking at him what like a complete doofus a failure like he's like a show
1: I, I think he's full of it i don't think he's ever caught one of those before if you look around his boathouse those are a lot of real small shark jaws he's sporting. I don't see a lot of great white jaws hanging up on the walls. That's it's a lot of like three and four foot sharks. That is true. You know? And he talks a big game. When he first insults Hooper, that's in, that's insecurity coming out right there. The whole, Let me show me your hands thing. That's Cooper's Hooper's insecurities.
0: That's Quint's insecurities.
1: Quint's insecurities, correct. Trying, trying to, to talk down Hooper. Trying to talk down to Hooper, who... Hooper's got his own boat. It's pretty nice. He's got Lorance. He's got all that stuff on there. Hooper is essentially a real guy, and Quint, being insecure, has to try to knock him down a few pegs. And it didn't really work. Like, yeah, Hooper's soft and everything and was like, God, this guy's crazy, or whatever. But in terms of being a real guy, in terms of like, um, you know, what's he say? I'm talking about porkers. You know, I'm not talking about
0: dogfish. Oh, like the dogfish jaws that are all over your walls? <laughs> And you figure Hooper's, from the outside looking in, he's got Quint all sized up. Like, this guy's a major doofus. He doesn't know what he's dealing with. Hooper, being a
1: university-type person, probably hasn't been around too many guys like Quint. Right. So, Quint's personality and stuff scares him a little bit and the unpredictability. But Hooper is not intimidated by, you know, um, being inexperienced. He's not looking at, at Quint as like, "Oh wow, you know, I hope I don't make a fool of myself." He's done a lot of excursions with uh, big boats.
0: Great whites. And he's thinking he's thinking to himself, "This guy's used to taking tourists out to catch small sharks." And he can pretty much, just like the charter captains here are the shark fish, you can pretty much, any captain can do that and get by. Right. Put Oversizing out a big bait. him right up and realizes that he's got no clue what he's dealing with. I don't know. I was pissed. The thing that, really like, totally pissed me off about Quint, mostly, he never showed anybody what he was using for bait. Right. Which, you know. Even at a young age when I watched that movie, like, I wanted to know what the heck he was using for bait. Right. And he never showed anybody. No. And then not having a live well on the boat or any live bait today makes me feel like Quint just didn't have what it took.
1: I mean, if you watch Shark Shark Week, we all watch Shark Week and stuff. Those they don't fish for those great whites, kind of like you fish for marlin or tarpon, with a, you know, either free lining your bait out there or getting a little bit of a troll on. You kind of tease those things in, like you give him something first on the rope, like the big tuna, and <laughs> then that thing comes and he bites on it, and you pull it, and he lets it go, and that thing's ten feet from the boat, and then they finally get a hook into him. I don't even know if Quint's whole approach was. Was even worthwhile that's how you get them like you said, if you don't know what kind of bait he had on
0: there he probably had on what bunker i don't know mackerel a whole mackerel whole mackerel maybe i don't know the chum looked sub part of me but it worked at least the fish came up to the boat and whatever bait he was using obviously worked the fish ate the bait but not showing us that this is a little disrespectful maybe like i don't know dude we had a whole channel on youtube it's just about bait just about bait. And they don't even talk about bait. Mm-mm. Even Hooper. Nothing about the bait. I don't know. Hooper. Hooper to me, I don't know. I mean, he's like one of the kids I went to college with. You know, I would talk to him about Marlin fishing or snook fishing or tarpon fishing. And then, you know, he had something to say about stripers or bluefish or whatever. <laughs> and, you know. Kind of like Quentin, I look down my nose at those people because, you know, they just don't have the fishery that we have.
1: True. Hooper is one of the guys that probably knows everything and has done nothing. So he has all the knowledge. He can tell you everything about the shark. But has he actually gone out there and done it? He pro- and he shouldn't have been so surprised by the size of the shark anyway, considering he had the bite radius. Right. Which he should have been able to extrapolate and at least get within a couple feet, you know, or a couple, you know, 100 pounds or so.
0: All right. So he had the bite radius. He knew that the Kenner kid was not in the stomach of the shark.
1: Before they cut it open. Before he knew they that. cut
0: it open. Right. And he cut it open for what? Just to make sure. Because Brody? nobody
1: else believed. Because he needed Brody to be like, because they were all convinced that, that, the, the, that, the,
0: that, the, that the tiger shark was the shark yeah. and that the problem was over. So. Brody and and Hooper go down there. They cut the shark open. Hooper already knows that the kid's not in there. And now Brody is like trying to get, trying to learn all this stuff like hyperspeed. On the fly. On the fly, of course.
1: He knows nothing. He knows that the little makos or whatever they are can poke their nose through the bottom of the dinghy and whatever he's got in those few encyclopedias or those shark attack books that he has. But it's a... It's a decent combo of a dis- decent trio of people because they do need Quint at some point. Right. Now, you know I think that Hooper and Brody should have shot and killed Quint inside the boathouse.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: When he does the whole handshake thing, give me your hands, boy. Like there's a there's a rash of disrespect going on in this country where people like should be shooting people on the spot. <laughs> And that's one of them. Like, you're in the thing. He throws you the rope. Tie me a sheep shank or whatever that thing is. Give me your hands. Bam, shoot him. He should have been pulling out right then. You don't disrespect a man like that. (laughs) All right. I don't know. Did you see the pitcher the other night in the College World Series? Grill the kid down? I did see that. That batter,
0: he has to shoot that guy. Otherwise, he's a coward for life. I think maybe punch him in the face might be a little bit more appropriate right. than shooting a guy. But I feel you. No, I think, a lot of the reason, I think a lot of the reason people will pull that kind of stuff is because they know they're not going to get punched in the face. So, you know, they do whatever they want. And maybe that's what Quint was doing out there. I would, what the heck was Quint doing? When Quint was, like, losing it out there, smashing the VHF, running the boat till it overheated and all that stuff. What the hell? That was bad captaining. That was terrible captaining.
1: Who knows, had he exploded like that before on other charters? I don't know, but you probably suspect he has. (laughs) The smashing of his own VHF radio, very dumb. That was dumb. Very dumb. I can see getting mad and breaking something or throwing something overboard, breaking a rod in half, kick
0: the chair or something. But, dude, you don't smash the VHF. All right, let's get back to the drinking. Okay. Because... What did they bring out for the fishing trip? Apricot brandy? Two cases of apricot brandy. Two cases of apricot brandy. Huh. And why didn't they bring homeboys shine? (laughs) Because the shine sucks. Shine
1: sucks and shine, you don't get a lot of latitude. Like on your third shine, you're on your way to ER. (laughs) Your fourth, you're on your way to the grave. So the apricot brandy, he knew that they would
0: sit around and sip on that. And they got totaled. That so if my, they were to drink and shine, they'd have been passed out on the floor. That's the only time in the whole movie that I thought uh, Quint and Hooper were actually on the same page. Right. When they were bombed at the table inside the boat. And, like, I thought they were actually bonding and there was going to be some sort of unity. And then we were going to see the big, you know, the big grand finale at the end where, you know, everybody was victorious. But it didn't happen that way. No. No, and I
1: thought that it was kind of weak that they stopped fishing the night session. Like, you've already got one barrel into the thing. Dude, go find it.
0: Like, oh, sun went down. Time to start hitting the apricot brandy. (laughs) No, I think that was normal back then. I mean, pretty much every scene in that movie, as the sun went down. Drinks came out. Right, the drinks came out. And it was pretty natural. We made a post about that on Facebook. People, you know, thought the same thing. But yeah, the drinking that went on a lot different than today. Yeah, a lot different than yeah. today. Guys in sport fishes today are doing fruit drinks. What do you mean with alcohol? <coughs> right, pina coladas, friggin daiquiris. But they got all these new names for them and stuff. Punches, rum punches. Well, as soon as you hear
1: somebody make their excuse for why they drink vodka because scotch has all that sugar in it, get out of my face. <laughs> <That's out laughs> like everybody's everybody's all vodka up right now. And, you know, we're writing a little bit back to when Hooper showed up at Brody's house right. with the two bottles of wine. Red and white. That told you right then that he's a chump dude, don't come to my house with white. All right? That's for chicks. Well, dude, he was Brody's wife. And then he should have handed her the white and poured the red for them. Like, dude, you don't just red all the way. And chicks drink red too. You're fine. But like when the girls do their thing, they drink white
0: on ice and stuff. But I don't mess with white. I don't know. Drinking was basically every scene in the movie from the The second it started, the kids are out there drinking, getting high on the beach. She decides she's going to get nude. She jumps in the water, bombed. The other kid's so bombed he can't even get in the water. The boyfriend passes out. Right, and then the next scene, the next scene. And there was a long time before the fishing scene, but the ultimate peak was them getting bombed that night. So if they never would have took the time out to get bombed, then we wouldn't have had the scene. Right, yeah, yeah. And then after the Kittner
1: boy, Brody goes home and has like a Hennessy. Or right. something
0: in a big brandy glass. A no. cognac or something. Yeah. Yeah, the Kittner thing. The Kittner thing was that that's when that's when it hit home for everybody. That's when it really hit home for everybody. Now that was that was before the town hall meeting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We had the girl. They reclassified
1: that as a boating accident, which allowed the beach to stay open, which allowed the Kittner kid to get eaten. And then they decided they had a problem. The poor Kittner kid was like a a test tube baby or whatever, like a guinea pig. Like, oh, oh, we better close the beach now. And the mayor, Larry Vaughn, so worried about that Fourth of July income that they're going to get. I get it. You see the influx of all the New Yorkers and New Jersey's and Connecticut people showing up in that town. But what's a life worth? Like
0: worth a lot more than those blazers he was wearing. (laughs) Was he paying up for those blazers? Were those like expensive in those days? Of course. Like places like Moss and Hoffman were selling those things. They're still selling them.
1: (laughs) I don't know. You can definitely get the anchor jacket, anchor pants. Uh, sailing flags, all that stuff. That's big money.
0: That's Yacht Club stuff. Yep. Rodney Dangerfield stuff.
1: Caddyshack. The, um, but they're also not... It's not fast fashion where they're disposable. That thing, that could have been his daddy's jacket. Well, like, right, that's stuff you gets get passed, passed down. Those on. Sure. <laughs> and waspy people, like, they buy nice stuff, but then they tend to hold on
0: to it for a few generations. Well, that was very consistent in the movie. Those were definitely northern people none of that stuff would fly down here no none of it the way the chicks dressed the makeup no plastic surgery nobody in the movie had plastic surgery nobody
1: was good looking except ellen brody brody's wife. wife was
0: brody's wife was pretty hot which i can't quite i can't quite like not get off that when we did the when we did the whole show. Yeah. When we watched the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like my whole thing was like Brody's wife is really the hottest chick in the whole movie. That's how you know that the uh, Spielberg guy is really, really talented. Spielberg's really talented and
1: Ellen the the actress, Lorraine Gray. Lorraine Gray or Lorraine Carey? Either way, she's the wife of Sid Sheinberg, who was the Big boss at Universal Pictures. And if you know anything about movie studios and movie moguls, like they tend to look at women that star in movies as would anybody want to bang her? If the answer is no, they don't put her on the screen. That's changed now. A lot. (laughs) But in the big studio days, that was the number one question.
0: (laughs) No, things have changed. Things have changed. When I've... All right, I'm trying to think of the uh, posters I had on the wall when Shark, when uh, the original Jaws came out. I had Farrah Fawcett on the wall and um, Cheryl Ladd. They were like two biggest supermodels of the day, and that's that was like the top of the Epsilon. Dude, we got them going walking down Fort Lauderdale Beach by the hundreds now. Right. Like nothing. Right. <laughs> anyway, well, Ma, tell them what we're going to... Um, Kind of prep them up for the next episode of Jaws that we're going to release right. and, how, and how we're doing it and what we expect and what they can do. All
1: right, everybody. This is a, We're going advanced podcasting here because what we did was we did a full running commentary of Jaws that's syncable, which means you put on the podcast, you put in your DVD, or you crank up your iTunes or your media center, wherever you have your movies. And then you listen to the you know beginning of the podcast and it'll tell you what to do. You queue up the movie, get past the FBI warning and all that stuff. And then when you see the Universal logo, Universal, an MCA company, when you see that title page on the screen, go into focus. You hit pause. And then if you, you can hit pause on the podcast also, get yourself set, settled, get a couple of beers or whatever, because it's two hours and four minutes. Two hours and four minutes, yep. And then you wait for the countdown. We probably do it like a minute in on the podcast, or two minutes in, something like that. And we say, "Hey, all right, we're gonna press play in three, two, one. Press play." When you hear that cue, you press play on your uh, on your movie, and you'll be watching the movie along with us at the same time as we're giving the comments. And we're gonna release this on Fourth of July. Fourth of July weekend, <laughs> right. the biggest money making weekend in that town's history. And
0: you guys are going to be able to watch the movie with Lamont and I as a podcast. And if you enjoyed this recording at all, or you're a big Jaws fan, or you had these conversations about the fishing characters in Jaws with your buddies, tune into the podcast because this is a 4th of July thing. 4th of July. So you'll need a copy of Jaws,
1: no matter how you get it. If You you can go to some shady website that's going to show it, or you own it on DVD or Blu-ray, or maybe you have it on Amazon or on iTunes or whatever. But however you get your copy of Jaws, get one before the 4th of July. Good, good advice. And then we'll release the podcast. You cue the two up. Maybe some of you guys have done some other cues. Maybe you've heard other... Um, movie commentaries if you buy a special edition blu-ray movie or dvd sometimes they have secondary audio tracks where you know the movie plays as normal but instead of hearing the audio from the movie you hear the director talking it's essentially what we've done here except they're two different components you're gonna have the movie and the podcast on the on the queue they'll both be matched they'll be synced and they'll stay in sync all the way up until the end of the movie, two hours and four minutes. So it's a long watch.
0: <laughs> well, dude, it's the 4th of July. It's a 4th of July weekend. It's a 4th of July tradition. I'd be get like, I know I'm going to get in a few Jaws before, even. How many Jaws are you getting in on an annual basis? How many times are you viewing the original Jaws? Not Jaws 2, 3, or 4. Just the original.
1: Now I've slowed down. Now it's probably, I don't know, 25 times a year. <laughs> But probably, you know, 20 years ago, it was probably 50 to 100 times a year, getting in back-to-backs or getting in multiples during the week. Just for the hell of it, if you watch it every week, Jaws is now 44 years old. If you watch it just once a week for, you know, 44 years,
0: (laughs) that's over 2,000 viewings. So you think you've been to Jaws for 2,000?
1: I'm definitely over 1,000. I don't know if I have 2,000 in,
0: but I'm probably around 1,500. Jesus. Because 20 years is 1,000. Right. And, 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 And if you guys aren't in the thousands, don't feel bad. Lamont's totally crazy, and he watches, like, two movies a day every day. Now, I've gotten a Jaws in at least once a year for the last 40 years. At least once. Probably closer to twice. So I'm good for probably 80 viewings of the original Jaws movie. Perchina, give it 100. Right. Round up to 100. You've seen it 100 times. It sounds good, 100. Yeah, I've seen it about 100 times. And maybe that's why Lamont was able to read through and show people the light that Quint was a total moron and an idiot. And Hooper actually had something going for him, which is obviously true because Hooper lived and homeboy died. And Hooper's still going today. Hooper's
1: still going. He wasn't available for part two because he was on his next excursion. things Yeah they're like Call Matt Hooper No, you can't even reach him He's on the Aurora Down (laughs) like in
0: Australia Chasing great whites On a real boat Instead of that piece of crap Orca that sunk on him And everything Anyway listen Thanks for tuning in uh, To the Real Guy Podcast If you're into Jaws If you're into our podcast If you're into Waypoint TV Reach out to me Let me know how you like The podcast so far Also make sure you give us A five star rating on iTunes That's always a big deal We've got a ton of them so far And we appreciate it But uh Keep the ratings coming because that seems to drive the whole. Um, I don't know iTunes and how they push the frigging podcast and all that. Jeff, a lot of people have been asking me
1: where would what's the best um, portal for people to listen to?
0: Which one does you the most benefit? I liked I like to listen to uh, I like to listen to everything on um, Spotify. Okay, and main main reason I like Spotify is because I'm usually putting it on in my in the car on my way down to Miami, and I just click on it, and uh, I don't really have to type anything. There's like a already a button for me to push. So I like Spotify, but by far, most people are doing iTunes. iTunes, yeah. Oh, man, like by far. Yeah. It's like 88% iTunes, 12% everything else, and Spotify probably takes up the 8% of the 12 and everybody else is sharing 4%. I don't know. We're going on iHeartRadio soon. I heard a lot of people listen to stuff on that. Yeah. And uh, the Waypoint TV guys have really been uh, good as far as getting more exposure on more platforms. But um, if you do like the podcast, if it's something that you really like, email me, jeff at lunkerdog.com. Let me know what you like. If you hate something, let me know that too. You know, I ain't soft. I ain't soft, so, you know, if it ain't good, I want to know that, too. And um, stay tuned for the big 4th of July celebration. Sit down, watch Jaws with Lamont Jones and Captain Jeff, the Lunker Dog. And um, we will be releasing some more fishing philosophies. I think we're on episode number 5 for Fishing Philosophies. And that's turned out really good. It's a shorter podcast. People really liked it. Lamont and I banged one out on harvesting Um, fish, and man, a lot of people like that one. So we're going to be doing more of those. And um, happy 4th of July. And you're just running the dog with Lamont Jones and Captain Jeff.